Welcome back to the Double A Lounge. I am Asive and I am here with my co-host. Hi dolls, my name is Asil Bukhwana, the co-host of the Double A Lounge podcast. And we are finally back. And this time we're back with a guest. Like we said, we're going to be back with a guest. We're here with Obegi. Like, introduce yourself, my doll. Hi guys, it's Becky, Begiana. It's Peggy and Damase, the yeah. Ennis and Damase darling. Um, okay. Yeah. How are you, my daughter? How are you? Delight. I'm good. Delight. I'm happy to hear. I think Dinette nerves. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a bit. I'm excited, but also Dinette nerves. But this is a very, this is a very chill mm. podcast. It's a lounge. So that is it, Charlie. I love the fact that you're coming at me more, sir. Exactly. So, so it feels like home. Why right? not? So I love that. So like. A lot of people online know you as Obeki from Bolt. Yes. <laughs> and um Peggy this, Peggy that. Dear but Peggy. who really is Obeki where did you grow up from? Uh, where you come from, high school and stuff like that. Cool. So I'm actually Lumnos is Lali in Enwobo. I'm just Okay. <laughs> no, actually, Desalonengobo, and I actually did um, Usab A, Usab B, Enwobo. My mom's a teacher. Yeah, Usab A. No, listen, kind of contextually, it's important, but it's Usab A and Usab B. So my mom's a teacher, and so let's call it Usab A, it's not three. So, okay, Usab A. What's Usab A? It's grade R. Usab A, it's grade one. That's what I'm going to do. So I'm from Ngobo, um, and then from Ngobo we moved then to East London, okay. and then from East London that's then where I kind of grew up. That's where I find home because mom wanted in Japan. And how was it growing up in East London? Nandi. Hey, what are some nouns? The nice, the nice thing about Ukulele Mode, and I'm from East London. For me, I think the nice thing about Ukulele Mode is the fact that you can get. Bits and bits of everything all at the same time. Go on, if a phone about the legs, it's about the legs. If a phone was the clubs or the bags. Oh, the clubs! So, so I think uh, the nice thing about growing up in Islam is the fact that you get to be exposed to so much all at once. And then those are about K-Shop, airports just, just down the road. Uh, down the road. And again, it's just accessible in one. And how would you then describe young Big? She was a boring bitch. Oh. I think. <laughs> I think young Biggie was boring because young Biggie was bullied a lot because of the fact that I was also not aware of the fact that am I gay, am I not gay, am I a shy boy, am I not a shy boy? Um and mind you, my siblings are old as fuck, so do about this confusion. So I was boring because of the fact that the fact that I had to keep Ubiki within Ubiki. And when would you say Biggie actually started to come out? Um, 2012, actually, when I was 16, that's when I was like, bitch, get out of it. You know, um, grade 10 was my year. Okay, okay. You and me? No, I can't. That's I was about that. I was thinking about sexuality. How was it then trying to navigate being gay, being homosexual in East London? Because we know East London. It's a very small town, Absolutely. and the people there are very kind of like English, kind of like close-minded. Close-minded, yes. Absolutely. People there are so close-minded. How then did you navigate your sexuality, and did you actually 
go home and be like, hi guys, I'm gay. No, because I, I also don't believe in the thing of coming of out. Coming out. Cool. No, no, yeah, I've, no, I've never come out. I don't think I ever owe anyone coming out. Um, I think the main thing for me navigating around my sexuality in a small town like this London um, was not as hard. Okay. But I think there's a huge pandemic of DL men in this London. So yeah. it's a thing of mana that we but when again dug at a particular time, yeah. to get there at a particular yeah. time, no corner, in a certain way. Yeah. So I think it was very difficult because now I'm boring biggie, trying to be closed off and stuff, and then I get to find a man, and this man as well doesn't allow me to be fully who I am. So I think it was interesting in that regard, but I think I'm grateful for those experiences because I now know about Dungban Tifinandun. Speaking about that, I was about to ask then, how different are you now from the young baby in East London who was trying to navigate their sexuality? Because for me in East London, I was I wasn't really I mean I'm feminine, so it's very hard to be in the closet when you're feminine because mm-hmm. your femininity doesn't allow you that. Then when I came to Cape Town, I started being like, okay, let me get a nose ring. I can paint my nails whatever color. Mm-hmm. So how was moving the cultural reset, that's where I'm getting at. Moving from East London to Joburg. I think, um, as I said, um, in 2012, when I was in grade 10, I was still in East London. That's when I started now realizing, but you know what, you, you better live your life in Goku because yeah. you know. So I think it started then, but it was a process for me because from, um, I've always dressed uniquely. Yeah, <laughs> uniquely. <laughs> So then thrifter. So for instance, at thrift Indian, but like, hey, I'm under my shanty party. How do I make it cool? So for the longest time, then the metrosexual cool. So the metrosexual. That was another. So thing. I think. So I think now the transition to to then Johannesburg, it was not so. Boom. Okay. One eighty degrees, but it was a nice. I think I enjoyed the growth from when I started accepting by. Bitch, we land and also any any Indo Indian then are not poros because the really call I was a church girl, so that wow. also weighed <laughs> man. So, so 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 that kind of weighed a lot on my anxiety because now church go to our ABCDFG, boom, you have this conflict inside you, boom. Now when I started finding my own individuality, yeah. that's when the Gundas Bamba no. This is how you navigate to Bombago. So I think I'm in a great space now in terms mm. of the shift. It was not really like I'm 180. It was a nice hey, clockwise. Okay. Yeah. It was like a really mm. nice experience. Yes, absolutely. And seeing that, you know, you had a lot of first times in East London, you know, accepting yourself in, at grade 10. How was your first time? Did it happen in East London? Oh, girl. First time. actually in East London mm-hmm. and luckily for me I have um internal conversations a lot. I speak to myself a lot. So when I spoke to myself when I was ready to have sex, it was in 2017, I was in grade eleven, it was December, it was this guy, why mm-hmm. publicly so, you know. And I was like, yo dude, um do you wanna hang out? And he's like, Yeah I'm down. I'm like, look, this is what I want from you. And I think because I know myself, I'm a very emotional bitch. So I was like, God, if my first time is not going to be emotional, then I don't think this will catch. Yeah. We had it and boring. Boring? Yeah. No, but like, Wait, which position was <laughs> Come on. Um, it was. <laughs> 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 I, 
I think it was some sort of side joke. And that's some big spoon, small spoon. I don't know. It was, but it was very, it was an awkward round. I'm not sure if it was because maybe he may have had a small penis. Ish. Or maybe that I may have been pain. too comfortable. Okay, go back to order to have sex. Yeah. So uh, I, you don't feel the pain. You feel the I pain. I think also like because it was your first time. You know, because I feel like the but more Kalu, I, we explore sex, I thought the first time the better be, it gets. The better it gets. But I also feel like my first time was like underwhelming. Like the first time was exactly. so underwhelming. I think it's oh, yeah. exactly. my first my first time was underwhelming. Mm. Not for because the I really feel like the more times you have sex, which is why I'm like, let's have same sex. Let's keep on having same sex. The more sex you have, the nicer it, it becomes. And whereas when you're enjoying dipping, mind you, my first time. Enjoying dipping. Enjoying dipping. Like you really start exploring exactly. and you start being free. No, my first now, time. My first time was very underwhelming. I think I the second that. time. I for everyone. Yeah, I The second so. time I had sex was then where I was like, oh, actually, don't land it, because after the first time I was like. Boring ass thing. I don't think I'm ever gonna do it again. Yeah, like that's it. Also, I had a thing after when I started having sex like my first time. Mm-hmm. I just stopped because the first time for me was like very boring. So you and I was like, I want to say, and I'm not sure if I even want say to do this anymore. I think I was curious about where can I get better, like after this. For me, I was like, is that all? Is this like the whole thing? This whole big man you got a christian background so do you like is this this mm. huge as sin yeah that you must boring, wait for marriage like, for like boring also i think us as the gay community we have this high expectation of sex because for a greater part of our lives the only sex we know is sex that we watch from porn and that anyway. sex is very violent so to say anyway. and very pounding very like <laughs> pounding <laughs> so the first time we have sex Overlooking by, I, 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 it's never that, which is why I think that we might find it boring because it boring. is not what we had seen yeah. and okay. what thought it would be from the visuals. And then, Peggy, move from Islam to Jobek. What yes. did you say you did in Jobek? What did you start in and what are you working on in Jobek? Sana, I'm so, um, my mom is a very old woman, so M. Dalanja, she had, she took me to Portrex, which is a technical high school, so there's a lot of maths, a lot of physics, my junior is Fela Zong, and my mom was so adamant that I'm going to make a great engineer, so from Portrex, I then upgraded my marks because as a goal I'm not okay. stayed in East London and then I moved to Pretoria does the TUT bandwana for a year does the T mechanical mechanical engineering girl that's when I was like you know what um this is not for you and then I figured out life and then that's when I sentence a degree in stratcom which is strategic communications and my career started there. Um, now I am in advertising. I am a social media manager. I think a lot of people really don't know what social media managers do. Yeah. Because then I, I think now it, it has become like a very big thing yeah. to have a social media manager. Yes. So what do you what, what do we actually do? So um, the nice thing is that I'm glad you mentioned that a lot of people don't know what it is because a lot of people would just call themselves social media managers. Mm. So a social media manager definitely needs to check on what's happening in the market to find out okay cool what are the current trends on social media how do i deliver a particular message for instance let's say a lot of young women or, or like young people are launching lovely brands where they sell 
hey, this or that is because maybe they've seen a need in the market. Yeah. And then uh, in a social media perspective, you then would need to come up with a strategy to say, okay, cool. Um, hypothetically speaking, Kay Arms um, just came up with Sex Beauty and she's like, okay, cool. Women need luxurious, luxurious yeah. hair. Yeah. How do I then come across to them? Firstly, her personality is she's always had lovely laid yeah, wings yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So, so from that, she saw that there's a market. And then how does she then bring it to social media? So what I basically do is every day, from a brand perspective, I check, cool, um, if in Simmons are, for instance, at FNB, and I do the social media management for FNB, I need to check, okay, cool. A lot of people don't use FNB because they think it's expensive. Mm-hmm. But that's the insight. So from that insight, how do I then educate people and tell them, yo, guys, this is not... That expensive maybe this is these are the offerings that we have for like younger people and then um as a social media manager as well it's important to kind of like filter in terms of by sharp ig facebook how do you come up with a strategy for tiktok so i think the whole exciting thing about my job is the fact that consistently learning and finding out what's new because people get bored yeah. So you're not then gonna come Uzati, hey guys, Miss Student, don't do any no one gives a fuck about that yeah, anymore. Yeah. Like, give me something else, give me a different offering. So the nice part about the job is the fact that it consistently is evolving and consistently and you bring or you need to come up with new strategies for how to change a lot of things every other day. Mm-hmm. And then how did you branch into influencer marketing? Was it a natural shift from what you do? Um I think I'm growing up, I've always been a room girly, there's done bar. So I've always like created content and taken like Tumblr days game like mm. one. Mm. So Tumblr days it's like okay this is cool. So so from back in the days I think it, it grew for me to I've loved taking pictures. I I take probably fifty selfies a day, bad hair day or not, I take selfies. Um so I think naturally from that and um, that's how I got into influence marketing and I'd literally also get compliments from children. I sent the love for auto. Then when I started seeing, but oh, actually I can monetize certain things. Then I started like, go back in 2014, 15, when you tagged like a million brands. Was the Zara, Mr. Price, mind you, you're tagging everyone because you want to get this attention. So I think um, I kind of grew from the growth of social media, actually. I think um, I'm, I'm lucky to be part of the growth of social media. I think Sipalo 2009, something yeah. like that. So the growth of that, I was part of it. So I think that's how I got into um, influencer marketing. And how was the the circles in influencer marketing? Because you socialize a lot, you go to events. How is it meeting different people? Different nerves. I get that. Like, that, that is literally all the time. And I watch that. <laughs> if I'm going to an event, I need to know that who is going to be there. If who yes. is not gonna be there, yes. I just need to know that someone I know and family is gonna be there. But and I really hate it because we are a very small industry, yes. and we should be, we should feel really comfortable around to yeah. be around in that space. Yeah. Then how did you brand yourself as Upek, and how did you then start knowing your worth? And when did you start realizing what you charge and things like that? Because I think one thing we often struggle with is branding ourselves yes. and knowing what works because then we become 
Brand Halls, yes, where yes, we yes. want to work with the KFC systems on Nando's systems and do everything. How did you brand yourself and how important is it to actually brand yourself uh -huh. and knowing how to charge, when to charge and who to charge? I think um, that's a very good question actually. I think the market in Cape Town as compared to Joburg is different mm. because in Joburg, unfortunately, okay. I've seen um, there's, you know where creatives hang out, you yeah. know, hey, ah, but as a creative director, this is for me, the manager, influencer, man. so I think for me it's a thing, but now you have those conversations with people you bump into, I don't think, um, for instance, my numbers aren't as big, so it's a thing of, when they can sit and see, mm. <laughs> hey, God, how are you doing? So I, I don't want to say I've branded myself in a way because I've literally just kept my originality to London. I've always been mm. and I've fortunately grown in that regard. But I think in terms of um, getting that um, gig or getting yeah. whatever, it's definitely a conversation after conversation with people that you know are in the industry. I think that's how I've been doing it, unfortunately. Okay. Now, what challenges did you face then? in the influencer space, content creation space and just like working with these many different brands because I think mine was not getting paid Yes but some, It was not getting paid Like Yes We were, we were all under We waited for money oh, <laughs> <laughs> We waited for the We were Girl. under the same management we so got I think, the same Hey! We yeah. Girl! Hey! Girl! <laughs> I think I think brands are so comfortable with scamming influencers, yeah. yes. and they're so comfortable with the whole exchange for content thing. Don't pay me with your products that you got for free. Mm -hmm. Don't I, I, I don't care whether you're giving me something free for me to shoot content. E, creating content takes time. It's time. my data that I use. It's my time that I use to it's edit. It's yeah. my money. So I think the biggest thing there is definitely not being paid. Um, if you're not going to pay me, then don't want anything from me. Unfortunately, I get that. And it's, yeah. I think it's like a thing we all struggle with as influencers, and not to be bitchy and not understanding that sometimes the clients are just suffering because mm -hmm. they are not being paid yeah. by. But communicate. Exactly. And I don't think there's anything that would ever beat your communication. Communicate all the time and say, okay, guys, this is happening, this is happening. And I'm sorry that this is happening, but it's out of my it's control like, as well. Yeah. And Boga Bantu are always like, we have to understand by force. And it's absolutely ridiculous. No, unfortunately, I, I work professionally in the industry, and it's definitely the problem of with whichever agency that agrees. Because oh. Um, from a client perspective, because mm. I am on client side, we would brief on yeah. something. Yo, guys, we need this campaign to work. And then agencies would be like, No, we can actually have our influencer friends. They have a database. They can do this. Blah 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 blah. And in most cases, they'd agree to do it for free. And then they'd come oh, to you guys. Hey, I see, but oh, um, please do this for me. Um, it's for free. So well, a lot of that. that. I also didn't know. Yeah, a lot of that I happens didn't know that. because remember, agencies as well are trying to keep the relationship between client and agency because a client can decide to leave the agency anytime. So if you, Asiva, as the agency, are saying, oh no, I've got um a list of influencers that I can call in, and they can do this for me yeah. for free, or maybe even the amount that you can get. If maybe let's say you charge twenty thousand rand for a post that agency is gonna go there and be like that's fine and um, we can agree with a, a budget of five thousand rand then they oh come my to you God. hey no client said it's just five thousand rand no you, you agree to that you just wanted that because you're trying to kiss your client's ass yeah so a lot of that that's exchange crazy. happens 
Um, I'm not sure what your NDA looks like, but you started something online with a certain brand where it started interacting as a regular tweet yes. with um, social media accounts. Yeah. How did that come about? So, um, as I said, I'm a social media manager. Mm -hmm. I need to understand the market. So, yeah. unfortunately, um, because the market now is that brands need to start um, personalization. Mm -hmm. People are not going to buy your products. You're not going to come to me online and sell, 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 sell. It's not mine. We don't want to buy all the time. So, now what brands are trying to do, they're trying to move away from selling 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 on social media or understanding which platforms to sell for instance people only have facebook for facebook market yeah. go sell there yeah. go sell whatever you're selling there but now on twitter don't come and tell me that you're selling amakunya for twitter and nobody nobody cares, nobody cares. Yeah. let's let's have a conversation be yeah. bring in mass personalization be um come to a personal level don't be necessarily don't try to be nandos but try to give a brand a personality online so that people have love for the brand so that is called brand affinity meaning mm -hmm. that um i relate to the brand oh this brand is so cool oh my god i love this brand yeah. oh my god yeah. this brand is so cool so that's how you then need to work around social media and unfortunately for me that particular brand needed that kind of facelift yeah. and i gave them that unfortunately for them they moved into a different strategy they which did. was they which did. was a strategy of let's just be cool let's try to be cool let's relate to the people let's see how it works for us yeah. so that was what happened you're so iconic for this no that's not going she did something she I did something I, I enjoyed i think that was probably my best job I enjoyed that job. I enjoyed that role. It was a fun thing to do. I related so much to the strategy. I gave in 200% of my job. So I really loved that. Okay. Now you are in this content creation space and... We have an anonymous voice that would like to we do you have we do, we do have a voice in the background <laughs> that would like to ask a question. Go ahead, voice in the back. Uh, it's not even a question. I just want you to know that you've done so well that people are still trying to figure out who that person is yeah. to the point where they think it's for us to see Paul. Yes. Oh, oh <laughs> my God. Oh, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> like, honestly. And people are always like, go out to see Paul. I'm like, no. No. Yeah. I'm speaking of the people Thank in the you so Can much. I please have a glass of mimosa? Thank you so much. Thank Sometimes you, you ever feel like stepping out and coming out and actually owning up that it's me. I'm the icon. Um, I only do that in interviews because okay. that was an iconic facelift to the brand. Mm -hmm. So, and it also kind of like escalated my career to a level that um, there's Mizelman and Yeah, I was that voice. Her. You know, so slay. So I definitely loved what I did for that brand and I loved how it has changed my career into making me in a comfortable position where I can speak about my work. No. But I'm not there anymore, by the way. So, yeah, so can yeah, you name the brands then? No. See, no. you name the brands. Who pack up a crown for them? Boni and Nana. Boni and Nana. Chomi Mogul is the HQ headquarters. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Yes. That's how well you did. Yes. And I want you to keep reminding yourself. Thank you so much, baby. So that's that's the dynamic. So that's the dynamic. That's the change. So I moved from that and then change into something else. This episode is going to be so chaotic. You're not all that. You don't have to share my Yes. 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 You know, there are the Kardashians, your Jenners, your Carters, your A, B, C, and D. How has that experience been for you? Um, it's, 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 so creating friendships in general is hard, right? Mm -hmm. um, but now in that space, it becomes more hard because everyone is there to make the bag. Yeah. yeah. And then being there to make the bag kind of makes everyone a bit anxious or whatever. It's like people treat it like work, so I'm mm. not going to be... Too friendly with you because it's so amazing mm. kind of thing. So but it's it, it, for me, I'm, I'm always like, as much as it's just work, how about we just get along? Yeah, because at some point you're gonna have to collaborate. Also. Exactly. That that is always my thing. That's the thing. So I think the difficult part about the whole thing is the fact that Lassim Sabinzin, um, the are people gatekeep the things that they don't necessarily need to gatekeep. Yeah. So I think everything is just gatekept. Mm. And also, I think for me, the only friendships people want to make is with the people who are actually hiring for yeah. instance if we're going to be talking about a promo giving them a smile extra or react to the person who posts <laughs> <laughs> who's doing the <laughs> reply as a person reply I just think everyone just gate keeps what they want to gate keep because yeah. it is hard to get into it anyway. Yeah. yeah. I, I think also one thing I wanted to speak about, um, which I think that we are well aware that you have experience because mm -hmm. we got to know through social media that you lost a friend who was very dear to you. Yes. And I'm not even trying to get into like the details of whatever happened mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, I just want to know how has the grieving process been like for you because grief is a bitch you know yeah, and it, it it changes a lot of things it changes yeah. how you function fully it, it changes the friendship structures everything yes, that you thought yeah. you knew so life. how has that been for you oh that's been been hell <laughs> it's been it's been really difficult um even the dynamic in the current friendship group yeah. um is, is quite different yeah. um i'm in cape town now on a vacation and i know it's something that he would have loved or he would have been part of the people planning it so i think um the biggest thing about me losing him was the fact that it just changed the dynamic yeah um there's friends that i'm only accepting or realizing now but yo don't tell him yeah and yeah. Yeah. now for the left for you to come out <laughs> and as he had the patience yeah. to like get everyone out guys please let's do you know so i think it's it's just been hard but mm -hmm. um luckily i've just been gradually healing from yeah. everything that's been happening just saying yeah. it Day by day. Like day by day. Mm -hmm. And I understand then because 
the entire friendship group is ex- is sitting on the screen and mm-hmm. everyone yeah. is experiencing it differently yeah, from yeah. each other because as much as we have this big friendship group but the relationship I have with the baby is going to be different from the relationship I see the head with a baby yes. and every like we all grieving but it's just like everyone is on their own path yeah. and they are on him journey I think what would what would stress me is any one of my friends not vocalizing how they feel but yeah. luckily enough we we do have check-ins where we're like hey how do you feel about this how do you feel from this did you go to therapy are you handling this and and how how are you feeling basically yeah. so i think um i definitely we're in a good space in yeah. terms of friendship and uh, luckily enough we are people who are concerned about each other's feelings and mm-hmm. how we feel or how we handle certain things. And hold so, space for one another. Yeah, I think it's really important. So yeah. that's, that's where we're at. So, so, I, I think we... Let's not sit on let's this. Not sit on let's, this. Let's, let's not sit on this. Okay. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's quickly move and I'm going to hand this over to... Oh, I see that you do this. Becky, welcome to the hot seat. Hot seat. This <laughs> is really hot. <laughs> this is where we get to ask you questions that you can't not answer yeah so let's the go. trick about this let's go you can't not answer everything let's go take it away okay hot seat question number one are you a power top bottom of verse bitch <laughs> <laughs> i'm a power verse oh that's hot that's me. I love this. 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 I this. In the most simplest and the most honest form that I can. Um people Oh wait, 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 wait. <laughs> this will be this will be iconic. Unfortunately people have the right to decline your life. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> no, okay. No, no, okay. That is my sister. Okay, no, no, no. Okay, no, no, no. To be honest, um, no, 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 you know so the dynamic was kind of very much we needed to break up mm. you know but they i've got a man dying love for him when i still love still i'm um, checking so, so, so i do check in on every now and again i definitely love him will always be there for him um but yeah unfortunately people have the right son <laughs> No, Shen, yeah. Um, I feel bad for what I did, and oh, you did yeah. something. Oh. I cheated. Shit. Hey. Yeah. Hot seat question, question like. number three. Have you ever been in an orgy? Yes. Oh. Yes. I. What I, on Sunday? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, yeah, I've been in an OG, I've done threesomes. If nice. I have to compare the both, I prefer an OG more than a threesome because threesomes are very much awkward. Because now, smite three, what if I prefer you more than I prefer us as people? Whereas in an OG, you can nick and nick, do nick. Mm. It's just like collectively, it's, it's, it's a good project, exactly. So, what do you guys do? OGs are better than I think this one seems is hard for us. It's hard for us. <laughs> like it's hard for us now. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. OGs are better than three sums. So OGs are better than three. I don't do that anymore though. I used to do a lot of that. I think that's actually kept it there. Mm, let's let's, let's keep it there the OGs okay. because it's getting a bit too hot. Otherwise, Peggy, thank you so so much for coming to the job so on our podcast. We hope you had a lovely time because we had an amazing time. time. And thank you so much for your patience because, guys, we were fighting for our lives, trying to make sure everything is fine and well. But thank you so, so much for coming through. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you for your honesty. Much more than anything. And sharing yourself with us. Thank you so much, my love, for coming. Guys, we have come to the end of this episode. Please do listen, share, and do whatever. Bye. Bye. Bye.